0: This episode from the life of Sherlock Holmes will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Petrie Wine brings you Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce and the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invites you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure he shared with his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. You know something? I had an adventure tonight I wish you could have shared with me. I had a steak about, oh, an inch and a half thick. Tender, juicy, and with it I had a glass of Petri California Burgundy. Now there's a combination. Steak, Petri Burgundy. That Petri Burgundy is a perfect mealtime wine. It's a rich red wine that's hearty and full of flavor. Flavor that comes right from the heart of the grape. And don't think that Petri Burgundy is only good with steak. It'll make a hamburger sandwich taste like a feast, too. Try Petri Burgundy with any meat or meat dish. It's just wonderful. And serve it proudly, too, because after all, the name Petri is the proudest name in the history of American wines. And now I know Dr. Watson's waiting for us, so let's go in and join him. Come in, come in, come in, come in. Good evening, Dr. Watson. Good
2: evening, Mr. Bartell. You're quite muffled up tonight, I see. Overcoat, scarf, and gloves. Slip them off and come and join me by the fire.
0: Thanks, Doctor. It's quite a nip in the air tonight. Yes, there is indeed. Well, Doctor, you told us last week that tonight's story centered around the activities of a brilliant and beautiful woman.
2: Yes, my boy. Her name was Irene Adler but I never knew Holmes referred to her by any other name than the woman. (laughs) She sounds mighty intriguing. Uh, How did you happen to meet up with her? Well, I'll tell you the story from the beginning. One night, it was on the 20th of May in 1888, to be exact, I was returning home from a visit to a patient when my steps led me through Baker Street. Since my marriage, I haven't seen much of Sherlock Holmes. You
0: couldn't resist stopping by at 221B, I'm sure, Doctor. (laughs)
2: Of course I couldn't. As I stood outside the well-remembered door... I looked up at the lighted windows and saw the tall, spare figure of my old friend pass twice in dark silhouette against the blind. He was pacing the room swiftly, eagerly, with his head sunk on his chest and his hands clasped behind him. To me, who knew every mood of his and habit of his, his attitude and manner told their own story. He was hot on the scent of some new problem. I rang the bell and a few moments later found myself standing before
1: him look in splendid shape. (laughs) Yes, Holmes, I'm feeling very well, thanks. And in practice again, I see, you didn't tell me that you'd gone back into harness. Oh, and how did you know? Elementary, my dear chap. If a gentleman walks into my rooms, smelling of iodiform, with uh, a black mark of nitrate of silver on his right forefinger, and a bulge on the left side of his hat, to show where he's uh, secreted his stethoscope, I should be dull indeed if I didn't pronounce him to be an active member of the medical profession. (laughs)
2: Just the same as ever, Holmes. By the way, I'm... uh, not
1: interrupting you. Are you? Well, you are old fellow, but it's, um, it's a most welcome interruption. You're working on a new case? Um, It looks like it. This letter arrived by the last post today. It's undated and has neither signature nor address. Read it.
2: Huh? So, look. There will call upon you tonight at a quarter to eight o'clock a gentleman who desires to consult you upon a matter of the very deepest moment. Your recent services to one of the royal houses of Europe have shown that you are one who may safely be trusted. This account of you we have from all quarters received. (laughs) Uh, Be in your chamber, then, at that hour, and do not take it amiss if your visitor wears a mask. It's it's all very mysterious. What do you imagine it means?
1: Look carefully at the note, old fellow. What do you deduce from it?
2: Well, now, let me think. The man who wrote it was presumably well-to-do. Such paper couldn't be bought under half a crown a packet. And it's
1: peculiarly strong and and stiff peculiar that's the very word it's not an english paper at all hold it up to the light don't you notice anything
2: yes there's a large e with a small g and and a large g with a small
1: t that's right
2: woven into the text of the paper what does that suggest to you the name of the maker no doubt or perhaps his monogram
1: not at all my dear fellow the g with the small t stands for gesellschaft which is the german for company and the eg that stands for egria it's yeah. a German-speaking country in Bohemia, not far from Carlsbad.
2: Oh, so the paper was made in Bohemia?
1: Undoubtedly, my dear fellow. And the man who wrote the note is a German. How do you know that? Observe the curious construction of the sentence, This account of you we have from all quarters received. A Frenchman or a Russian could not have written that. Mm-hmm. It's the German who is so discourteous to his verbs. Oh, there's your not clar- Now, I, I I better go home. No, 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 unless you have to. Well, I... Could stay. I thought that. Then stay, you. old chap. I'm lost without my Boswell, and this promises to be interesting. I, uh, I told Mrs. Hudson to let the masked visitor come upstairs unannounced. Come in. Good evening, sir. You, uh, you received my note? Yes, indeed, sir. Come in, won't you? And sit down. This is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. You may say anything before him that you can say to me. Whom have I the honor to address? You may address me as uh, Count von Kram. How do you do, sir? You must excuse this mask that I wear. Uh, The august person who employs me wishes his agent to be unknown to you, and uh, I may confess at once that the title by which I have just called myself is not exactly my own. I'm well aware of that fact, sir. You see, uh, Mr. Holmes, uh, the matter I am about to discuss uh, implicates the great house of Ormstein, hereditary kings of uh, Bohemia. That has not escaped me either, sir. In fact, if you will state your case, I shall be the better able to advise you. Your Majesty. Uh, How did you... Yes. Yes, I am the king. Why should I attempt to conceal it? Why, indeed. I shall remove the mask. There. Mr. Holmes, I have traveled incognito from Prague for the express purpose of consulting you. Then, pray consult. Briefly, the facts are these. Some five years ago, during a visit to Warsaw, I made the acquaintance of the well-known adventurous... Irene Adler. Irene Adler. We know of her, Your Majesty. I'll look her up in the index for me, will you, Watson? Yes, it's right please. beside you on the desk there. I uh, imagined that the name would not be unfamiliar Here to
2: you. Here are. A. Abraham's Acton Green Hatchet Murders. Adler, Spendid, Adler. Splendid, splendid,
1: all fellow. Hand me the file, will you? Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Irene Adler, born in New Jersey in the United States in 1858. Contralto.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Prima Donna Imperial Opera of Warsaw. Mm-hmm retired from the aporetic stage living in london quite so and here's a recent notation uh-huh your majesty as i understand became entangled with this young person wrote her some compromising letters and is now desirous of getting those letters back precisely so but how did? was there a secret marriage none no legal papers or certificates no then i fail to follow your majesty if this young lady should produce her letters for blackmailing purposes, how should she prove their authenticity? There is the handwriting. Well, that could be a forgery, Your Majesty. But it was private note paper. Stolen. My own seal. Imitated. My photograph. Bought. What? We were both in the photograph. Oh, dear, oh dear, that's very bad. Your Majesty has indeed committed an indiscretion. Well, did you inscribe the photograph, Your Majesty? Uh, yes, Dr. Watson. I'm afraid I did. Oh, I uh, Mr. Holmes. It must be recovered. Perhaps if you were to pay enough, the photograph might be bought. She refuses to sell. Who well, stolen, then. Uh, five attempts have been made. Twice, burglars in my pay ransacked her house. Once we diverted her luggage when she traveled. Twice, she has been waylaid. There has been no result. Oh, dear. It's quite a pretty little problem. Uh, it is a deadly serious one to me. Your Majesty, what does Miss Adler intend to do with the photograph? To ruin me. Oh, how? Well, I... Uh, I'm about to be married to the second daughter of the king of Scandinavia. She is the...